It's on my bucket list to read a biography of each president, and I am well on my way. I have found their stories not to be those of supermen, but rather of very human, human beings who attended to wives and children while making the loneliest decisions that carried the weight of untold human lives. I found them, with few exceptions, to be men of strong constitution who outlived wife and sometimes children, men acquainted with danger and loss and sacrifice. Most of them suffered severe crisis while in office, whether in personal matters or in public disputes. Did you know, for instance, that the baby Ruth Candy Bar is named after Grover Cleveland's daughter who died of typhoid fever at the age of 12? I've also found them, though each one stumbled, found them striving to guard the ideals of the republic. They were mindful that they shape and preserve the destiny of a great nation. And we've desired that for them, which is why from the earliest days of our government, we have financed your tax dollars and mine, the best painters in the world, to fashion their portrait for presentation in the National Portrait Gallery. Remember the leaders. Preserve their memory. And so we have marble busts of Roman emperors and buildings from the glory of Greece. We have a clay tablet from Babylon recording a speech by King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember the leaders. Well, what do we have to remember the self-proclaimed king of the world. We have this, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. From a man founding the most powerful and enduring movement in the history of the world, you would expect something more prestigious, a marble bust or an indestructible building or maybe something more useful like a systemized handbook of teachings written by his own hand. Jesus Christ, no statue, no structure, no book from his own hand. Instead, we get, this is my body, eat it, this is my blood, drink it. Honestly, it sounds like a bad poem, a disturbing poem. One of the accusations against the early church that frenzied the Romans to persecute Christians was that they were cannibals. For Jesus' own people, the Jews, these words were even more repulsive as they were not to touch a corpse and never 
to eat anything with blood in it. The life is in the blood. And here's the king of the world on a cross, blood running down his body into this cup, and we're supposed to drink it. Do this to remember me. Remembering was big in the Old Testament. For Israel, Passover was perpetual remembrance. They remembered how God freed them from the bondage of Egypt at the price of the firstborn, the firstborn's lamb's blood on the doorframe. Passover told Israel who God is and who they are. It defined their existence. At Jesus' final Passover with us, he told his disciples, who now tell us, that his blood is the new covenant. The Hebrew word for covenant is literally to cut, a cutting. A covenant was ratified or cut when both parties walked between the cut-in-half body of an animal through the blood. God walked the blood path. Time and time again in the Old Testament, God remembers his covenant. That doesn't mean that he is forgetful. It means that God always behaves a certain way because he is mindful of his promises. As the late Elie Wiesel said, God is God because he remembers. And so for a thousand years, two thousand years, we have held up this bread and this cup to hear Jesus say, I've walked through the blood. I remember. Now you remember. Remember what is real. We need to be reminded because unlike God, we forget what's real. According to the Bible, the whole world is in darkness and blindness under the power of the evil one. And we've all lost our way and lost our mind. And in the beginning, man had God, but chose to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He ate because he was tempted to be God for himself. So we ate and became like God, gods of our own meanings in our own worlds, saviors of our own souls, proud and lonely, afraid and addicted to shadows and lies. But amazing grace, listen, the voice of God's spirit speaks and reaches to the farthest reaches of the planet. Do you want to know what is real? They wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Do you want to know what is real? The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only full of grace and truth. Do you want to know what is real? This is my body, which is broken for you. This is my blood, which is spilled for you. Take, eat it, and drink it. 
Do you want to know what is real? Jesus said to his disciples, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands, look at my feet. It is I. Do you want to know what is real? Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. And the elders cried out, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus, he once said to the Jews, my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. The Jews and many of his followers left him that day deeply offended. It was an assault on their desire to define their reality. What about you? Do you know what is real? This table, the table of our Lord, calls us to remember what is real. This table exposes what is true and burns away what is false. Paul wrote, anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment. Churches worry about protecting this table from sinners. Paul is concerned to protect sinners from this table. Because God's love is consuming fire, and because God has come to us through the blood of his son, you should not come to this table unless you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and King, as Savior, the one who lived the life we should have lived, the one who died the death we should have died, and following him, follow him out of our graves and into eternity. All things in our lives must pass through this table. Your hopes your longings, your thoughts, your marriage, your singleness, your kids, your work, your joys, your sorrows, your wounds, your politics, your opinions, your gods, and your sins all pass through this table. My friends, Jesus is the meaning of all things. So the question is not, what does this table mean? For this table is the meaning of all things. The question is, 
what does everything else mean now? For on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We invite you to this table to take his body and drink his blood. We invite you to come if you want to. Not because you understand everything. Not if you figured it all out. Not if you've read all the books and think you've lived a decent life. Come to this table if you want to remember your leader and surrender your all to him. Come. Remember Jesus. As the servers take their place, and as we prepare to come to the table, we invite you in your time, we have time this morning, just take your time, be with Jesus, surrender your life to him, talk to him, give everything to him, and then leave your seat, come to one of the stations around the room, please tear a piece of bread off, dip it into the cup, and you can take it here in the front or near your station or take it back to your seat, wherever you're comfortable. There's a lot of people in the room this morning, so this may take some time and it will be messy, but we always love messy at Waterstone. God's family is a mess, saved by the one who can take care of all the messes. Take this time, be with Jesus, surrender to him again. Come.